Wait, we're recording now? Yeah. Ball bag. Cool. Ball bags. Sweary Ball bags. testicles. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. That's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hey, what's up, Hipcats? Oh, God. See, I just think of Karabaskin when you do that. I just... um, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah and and no. hey, hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh. <clears throat> I still haven't finished that. You know what? Oh, I was just being like cool 1950s radio presenter. <laughs> well, you shouldn't say cats. You, you, you've confused it. What's up, uh, cool kids? Oh, God. Anyway, in this episode, we're talking about the Amazon original movie, The Vast of Night, directed by Andrew Patterson and starring Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz. Yeah. So, we finally moved away from Netflix, as we promised we would, um, and we're going to review another streaming movie that's come out over the last sort of month or so, um, which is called The Vast of Night, which is... yeah. Yeah, it's um, so basic premise is it's just a it's set in the 1950s small town in southern America, and there's it's about the guy who runs the radio station and the girl who looks after the switchboard or the uh, phone network, and during this one particular night that the whole film is set over, they start hearing these weird signals, weird sounds bouncing around um, the valley and picking them up on the radio and on the phone calls. Yeah, that's it. That's basically all the all the story is. Um, and it's about them trying to get to the bottom of it. Of what it is, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what did you think? I loved this. <laughs> Honestly, I loved it. Um, it's this, like, high-concept, like, super low-budget, but, like, high-concept, super low-budget, weird little um tour around 1950s americana and it's like it's the best version of the twilight zone since the rod sterling era you say that you haven't seen the jordan peele series have you i've seen some of them like but at the same time like having been a big fan of like the twilight zone and like the outer limits and stuff like that this is very much a deliberate throw up of all of those oh yeah and like even to the point of the yeah the, the way the film opens is on this um it zooms in on this old old school tv doesn't it and it's what, what do they call it they, they, it has like a title like that as if it's been presented as an episode of one of those kind of anthology shows yeah, um, I can't like, actually remember the, what they called it, but it's... it's like um Parallel Worlds or something, isn't it? Or Paranormal... Oh, I can't remember. Hang on, let me look it up. Yeah. Um, and, he does um, it, and then he does it again, about sort of 20 minutes in, he, just, he cuts to this, you know, uh, four by three, like, tight aspect ratio, and it's like, it's like you're just... It's them filming a TV, and you're watching it on TV. Um, and I don't know, yeah, quite why it was used in the particular way that it was because it sort of gets used a couple of times early on and then gets dropped and they never use it again. Um, I think, yes, that's what I mean about like the, the weird sort of, because it's, it's got like an art house sort of sensibility around it. It's yeah. the fact that there's a point when there's a monologue of somebody describing. Uh, so basically, so what happens is, is that is the young lady um, hears it. If she's a switchboard operator and she contacts the um oh hang on let me get their names it'll make it um yeah, it's um phase isn't it 
Faye and um Yeah, Everett and Faye. Everett, Everett, yeah. Yeah, so Faye overhears this thing, um and then she contacts him because he's a radio DJ, like a late night radio DJ. Um and what it was called paradox theater that's it paradox, paradox is like so it comes up paradox theater presents fast of night so it's like this is an episode of paradox theater which is like the outer limits twilight zone that kind of thing um yeah. anyway and this on. uh uh and basically so this mysterious broadcast sound is heard Faye contacts everett and he's like i don't know what this is either but let's put it out on the radio. So they put it out on the radio and get people to call in to him to talk it through. Somebody calls in and explains that he's heard it before and then things start to devolve a bit from there. Things start to go a bit crazy. But all the way throughout the film, like they employ these like really uh like really provoking, really interesting like ways of like presenting stuff. So the first probably 20 minutes of the film, maybe 15, 20 minutes, is just absolutely overwhelming with dialogue. Yeah, and it's all the point just tra- that, tracking shots following the you know the back of people's heads. Yeah, and it's like, just take this tracking shot through this movie theatre, uh, not the, through like the basketball court, and then let's go yeah, through here, and then back the here, and then through these corridors, and into the car park, and all the while that there's this conversation that's just back and forward, back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. Mm. and it's just an overwhelming amount of like dialogue there but at the same time it's that's how kids talk yeah but they just constantly talk at one another and it's like and that was one thing that i really liked but yeah yeah i think they do a really good job with that section at the beginning of those two talking of like of setting time and place in terms of technology so like they obviously she's really excited about having this recorder and he then is talking her through how to use it and then the conversation continues about all this um, amazing scientific stuff that she's been reading about and it's like you know projecting that or oh, one day there's going to be a voice that cuts into your car radio and tells you where to go and all this sort of stuff. Which, yeah, self-guiding yeah, car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And us watching it, obviously we know that, but it makes it realise, it roots you into this is what the 1950s is and this is why a weird noise coming out of your radio would be scary. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, exactly. it sets that up really well. And it does like this perfect way of like, like you say, it does it in that way. And then there's so many it's so tightly wound with all these different things to make you get in on there so because you really want to listen to this chap on the phone Mm. and because it's important the screen goes black yeah but there's there's nothing on screen there's just like this weird sort of um like a sine wave thing that pops up every now and again a little bit but not in any sort of particularly dramatic way it's just so you pay attention to what this guy on the phone is saying yeah and then there's another section where it sort of cuts you back to remind you again like as they're having this conversation about certain things happening it goes it cuts into like four by three Mm. but it cuts into four by three but then it does it in black and white but in like blue and white so it's slightly off so you still know that you're happening this is happening but you're still being reminded that this is being presented as a 1950s thing so you shouldn't expect high concept matrix or you shouldn't expect like i don't know like ad astro or, you, or anything like that you're not expecting this super future tech you are experiencing 
what it was like in the 50s and how these were the conversations that these people were having but then it's be aware that you are in the show as well like you you're you remind you that you're part of the audience of this and you're spectating on this thing that's happening mm. and uh yeah i think it's brilliant okay i think it's so good like but what did you think like i i struggled with it to be honest and like really i think maybe it's because i don't have as much i'm not as familiar with or definitely not as i don't know i've never watched enough of that outer limits twilight zone stuff from back in the day um, yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Like I think the only episode of, of that that I can remember actually having watched the whole way through is like the um, William Shatner. Um, oh yeah, yeah. On, on the pl- there's a Gremlin on the plane episode of yeah. Twilight Zone. Um, so I'm not as okay with that. Like I'm aware of the tropes and like I'm aware of what the what they were going for. My issue with this one, I guess, is just that I found it difficult in that the big set pieces, if you like, of this film the big sort of you know standout sequences are older people telling the younger people these characters that we're following about more interesting things that happened to them years ago and all we're doing is watching them hear about it and it's just and that's just not as compelling like the stories they're telling are compelling in the right but i'm like can we not can we not have seen that like the so you get the guy who calls into the radio, and then later on there's another older um, woman who calls them up and has this whole story about what she thinks is going on, and she and again it's this really long drawn out monologue, and it's and you're like you're listening like this sounds great, but it would have been much it, could we not have seen this? Could they, this would have made a great film? This story that you're telling, and the same with the guy on the radio. All I'm doing is watching these fairly generic young fifties kids listening to you. I'm like. Do you know what I mean? It's just it just lacked a bit of impact for me. Um, yeah, and I it was think... just like they they weren't the characters were fine. They weren't the most compelling characters in the world, but and also yeah, it's just it, it feels like they. I feel like film almost isn't the right medium for this. It's like they, really? they yeah, it's like they should have made like this could have been a stage play or like or even like a radio play about yeah. radio. Do you know what I mean? Because so much of it is like you say those sequences where when they're listening to the guy talk and, and like you say it goes so far as to the screen goes black like yeah. if you're making a film and there's a point in it where you can turn the screen off then maybe film isn't the right medium for it do you know what i mean you're not using yeah in the way that you're not using the breadth of the canvas that you've got because all you're doing is is just a guy's voice and that's compelling but if you're going to do that make a radio play or a stage play or something do you know what i mean I don't know. Like, I disagree a bit because I think it's using it's using cinema in a new way. Mm. You know, it's 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 modern art compared to like a classical piece. You know, it's yeah. it's it's painting a small, perfectly formed blue circle on the corner of an eight foot canvas. But what you you've actually done a lot to treat that canvas to look exactly how it's supposed to, as opposed to something like a Van Gogh where it's like meticulously gone over and every brushstroke is really thought about and something along those lines or, you know, like I know this is not to sort of say that she's crazy, but uh, incredible, but like a Tracy Emin piece, for example, which is like an art installation mm. and it's something that looks like an unmade bed, but is so vastly far away from a fucking Monet 
but at the same time it's still art it's it still works in that way and like the the intelligence of what they've done here is they've taken the fact that this is such a small story of just these two teenage kids who are just radio nerds like it's her her she talks about like her career aspiration is to just work in a bigger switchboard yeah uh, in the film and she's like oh well i'm not going to be able to really work in a big one around here i'm going to have to move to the city if i want to get onto a bigger like a really great switchboard and it's this tiny little story that's told in a way that we're seeing it from their perspective entirely so when when we're listening um uh when we're listening to or where we when we are Everett listening to the chap on the phone, nothing else matters at that point. We don't know what he looks like. We know that he's black because he's told us. And we know that he's afraid. And we know that the way that he sounds is different because he's now got this problem with his lungs. Mm. And all this sort of stuff that leans in, but you're getting it from that perspective. It's like you're sat with them. Like a lot of the way that it's framed is that you're at their level when you're That's walking on. with them, when you're the, talking with them, when you're in the car, when you're, uh, and like you feel connected because there's a scene when, um, when she runs, when Faye runs from like, I think is, is, is it the switchboard plate or the radio station to, to the other? Mm. And you're with her the whole way. Yeah. And there is these really long tracking shots that run, really pull you in. And yeah, it's like, just, that's it, the one just that you... so ground level cinema. That's yeah. what I thought I love about it. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I appreciate it. And I, I, I think as a, like, sort of as an indie, um, you know, debut piece or whatever, or whatever, for new talent, it's great. But I just feel yeah. like, I don't know, it, it didn't use the, like I said, it didn't use the canvas. Like, or like, like there were instances where it was starting, it, it, it was doing some cool stuff, but it never paid it off. So like, there's this scene right to, right in the middle when things are starting to kick off. Um, there's this really long tracking shot and it goes yeah. from her in the switchboard over to him at the radio, but it goes via the entire town and it goes yeah. through like where, because the, the whole idea is that this town is like dead because everyone's at the basketball game. Yeah, everyone's gone to the basketball game because that's the only thing to have that you know to, for them to do. Um, and this is a big like town level event, and so it pans over into the basketball game, pans over all the people, and it's like this amazing wonder. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So then I was thinking, like in my head, I was like, right, okay, so maybe we're seeing stuff from the perspective of these things that are out there making these noises. They've got this god's yeah. eye view, and maybe now this is going to be this is where the reveal and the music's great as well. The music throughout the whole thing is brilliant. And I was like, yeah. this, is it, this is it, this is it, and then it didn't. It all it did was just all it did was take us from one person sat listening to something on a radio to another person sat listening to something on a radio. Yeah, that, that's all it did, and it's just like I feel like you could have but done more. <laughs> I know that's yeah, the point. I get it. I know that's the point. Part, yeah, but at the same time, like I do really, really get it because there are. There are points in this where, like, uh, like I say, early on with like the, the it is an overwhelming amount of dialogue. Yeah. But one like the tracking shot, for example, kind of felt to me like like you were saying, like it felt like whatever this these things that are making the noises are like on patrol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it feels like, so oh, like whatever, whatever you know, because they they allude to the fact that without getting into any sort of spoilers or anything, they allude to the fact that this 
could be like UFOs or it could be um, like Russians, like mm. with future tech, or it could be this or it could be that. They never really get overly specific with it. No. Which is something that I might talk about if we do just like a slight, a short spoiler tag. Um, no, but again, it's it like they feel like this is sort of like this weird sort of patrol situation. Mm. And you go, oh, okay. So they're just they're just checking up. They're checking up to make sure that Faye and Everett are here and they're making sure that everybody else is there. Yeah. But then, and I, that's I, the I thing. Thought... It felt like it felt like a quite an ominous presence. And as, as much as like we've seen those shots being used before in like a joyful way, like a tracking shot that would be uh, like Nightmare Before Christmas brings to mind, where it's got this like ominous slash bright chanting over the top of it with this tracking shot that goes all around like the villages and the towns and you're like oh this is halloween town and this is christmas town and like that's like an establishment but this felt a little bit more ominous than that mm. it felt like they were being checked up on and followed and um yeah it's i i love this film like yeah, you, genuinely you, you would love it yeah it's, it's a it's a wanky art house film it's, it's made for you <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it, is it, it's the most of its own ass student film you've ever seen um, uh, it's fucking brilliant no it is good yeah, I, like, I get it and I like I can appreciate it being good without being, saying it's not necessarily for me because I can I just I yeah. don't know I, and I, it's not that I do you know everything has to be a massive spectacle for me to enjoy it like again the thing that sort of springs to mind for me for this is stuff like um, 10 Cloverfield Lane yeah which is just people trapped in a room and so you can do that you can you know, one of the best cinema experiences you and I have ever had is watching that movie. That was amazing. That was incredible. But I just feel like, yeah, that this had the potential to do that kind of stuff, but it just didn't necessarily capitalize on it because of the way they, where they chose to spend their time and how they chose to frame things. Sort of yeah. sucked a bit of energy out of it. Um, and like I said, I feel like if I'd gone, if I'd seen this on stage or re- or whatever, I feel like it would have been the most compelling. Like if you, can you imagine this, but you're in the room with the person giving the monologue. Do you know what I mean? Just like, and you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. That kind of, oh, I, can, I can imagine it being an amazing stage play. Um, but I just feel like, yeah, it, it didn't necessarily use cinema in, in as effectively as it could have. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. Like that's, I would, yeah, I know what you, I know what you're saying. Mm. It is, it is a tricky one because I know that I, I know that I think like the general audiences aren't wouldn't enjoy this yeah i I would struggle like i would say like when i describe to people i'm not not saying like oh it's amazing you have to see it it's like it's really unique there's the word that's the one word that i'll use and i that on its own is merit enough that's like a big positive because as we always say things keep getting generic and that's something we're starting to find with the netflix films that we're covering is that oh it's another generic netflix action movie this is definitely not that there's yeah. one thing you can never accuse it of, and that's being generic. It is very much a unique, like, auteur's vision. This guy, Andrew um, Patterson, who's the guy who directed it, clearly this is exactly what he wanted to make, and he made it in the way he wanted to make it, and that is brilliant. That's great. Whether yeah. it's, you, it means that, what that means is that there is a niche audience for it. I think you're probably part of that niche audience as someone who's who has got that background in, like, Twilight Zone and all that kind of stuff and can appreciate that more. But it does mean that yeah. that niche audience for him is going to be a little bit tougher to find potentially. Exactly, and I think that's why it's going to be working so well 
on like Amazon, for example. Exactly. Yeah. If this has gone to the cinemas, it would have just got absolutely trashed. It would it well, not trashed. Yeah. It would have in terms of people just wouldn't have gone and seen it. Um, but the fact that it's come out on Amazon is probably the best thing for it um, because people yeah. will discover it, especially in this time when we're all craving new content. Um, so it means that it probably will find that audience and become a bit of a cult hit. Um, mm. So yeah, great. And they, if it means that, again, as we've said before with these films, if it means that the, the director and the actors go on to do, you know, get more opportunities off the back of it, then bring excellent, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely more many many more of these yeah like be adventurous be different be brave be bold stop making action films where a big celebrity is punching someone on netflix and then as yeah had spent six months training craft and working with whichever stunt coordinator to make the same film that we've seen a dozen times yeah let's like fucking smashing it yeah like because it's yeah there are so many so many things out there like uh one of the things that i'm uh like amazon has a plugin or or another user for shudder which is all about horror oh yeah so it's yeah. all like horror and like like not necessarily horror films but like that sort of niche and it's like that's I, mean, I think i'm probably going to sign up for that to start getting some new stuff in there as well because it's like horror and sci-fi and mm. like some really new things that are coming out as well um yeah yeah they're quite good at that and so that's the one thing yeah in terms of a platform that amazon have got is that ability to add channels and plug in things like yeah um and you can tailor it a bit more to what it is you're after uh, which is good there's something that netflix doesn't have one thing yeah. that I like, I like that Amazon this week, literally this week, have now finally um, added the facility to have profiles. Oh, really? oh yeah. So you yeah. now have individual profiles that. rather than all having one big account, which is going to be great for my family because like, we've got, I've got like five people with all using my Amazon account. Um, yeah, brilliant. But like, yeah, like that, that's such a basic feature and they've only just launched it. I love that. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's taken long enough. Like, there's a yeah, there are other films that are coming out as well. Like, um, like Relic is another one that I really want to see. Yeah. Uh, First Cow, I've heard is incredible. What, I really want to see that? that. I keep seeing the the poster or whatever. I'm like, what is it? What, what? Um, basically, it's um, ah, God, First Cow. Out. First Cow. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, oh, hang on. I'm just trying to let me find the official synopsis for it. Uh, two travelers on the run from a band of vengeful hunters in the 1820s dream of striking it rich, but their tenuous plan to make their fortune on the frontier comes to rely on the secret use of a landowner's prized cow. And like, it's this film that's like cleaning up like imdb have got it at like a seven but rotten tomatoes is 95 percent and 89 percent on metacritic okay what, uh, what, so is that going to be on amazon or i don't know i think it's going to be on amazon to buy so okay. interesting. uh yeah but then there's also like there's greyhound as well but it's it's like a like a tom hanks world war ii film and yeah greyhound like is um, now and, is apple tv isn't it yeah, Apple have got that. One. Um, um, yeah, so there's a few other bits and pieces around. 
there's definitely finding some really good versions of things that are coming around mm. round and about as well. Especially like Amazon seem to be actually pushing the bar, whereas Netflix Netflix are staying safe and making things like Six Underground and um, Extraction and uh, what the film that we did last week, The Old Guard, was, and The Old Guard, and all that sort of stuff. They seem to be playing it very safe mm. by making these. Like low concept, high action, puncher punch em ups. Yeah. Um, Amazon is taking more risks. Amazon are actually pushing. Yeah, absolutely. They're pu- putting out some sort of really in- interesting things. Like this, for example, is one of them. Uh, if I can bring up Amazon Prime. The only thing I, I think yeah. the difference is, I guess, a lot of it is if you look at it, it's like budget. I feel like Netflix throw money at things so that you do get Charlize Theron and Chris Hemsworth and stuff yeah. like that. But can you imagine if the guy who made this had that kind of budget? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah, that's, exactly. that's the difference is that I feel like he did this on a shoestring budget and it's great because of that, I guess. So in some way, maybe having a bigger budget would have been detrimental to it. I don't know. Or give him a bigger budget and he would have done something absolutely fucking spectacular. He would have made the next Close Encounters of the Third Kind and it would have blown everyone away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's but that's, that's, that's I mean, the difference. Like, and I, but he, maybe that's what he'll do now off the back of this. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, I guess you don't know, but that's the, I think that's what's interesting in terms of comparing the two models is one, they'll give them, Amazon will give you a tiny little budget to go and make something unique. Netflix will give you a sh- massive shitload of money to go and make something that we've probably seen a million times before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen the, the Iron Mask starring Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's a sequel to The Forbidden Kingdom. Is it? Yeah, apparently. Apparently, apparently that is meant to be a sequel to the film Forbidden Kingdom, which is the one where it's Jackie Chan and Jet Li. Really? Have you not seen that? No. Mate, there is a fight between Jackie Chan and Jet Li, and it is one of the best things you've ever seen in your life. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, just purely for that, it's like a like a ten minute sequence of just the two of them like punching each other, and it's like a it's called Forbidden Kingdom. It's like a high fantasy sort of adventure film, and everything else around it is complete gibberish. But there's just this one fight scene in the middle between Jackie Chan and Jet Li. I'll see if I can find it on YouTube uh, ever and send you it. Uh, into the list. Got it here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, included in your Prime membership. Watch now. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Right there, you go then. Right. Add to watch list. Uh, yeah. Also, just calling out on the recording now. Color of uh, <laughs> um, color of money. Color out of space. Never heard of it. So, color out of space is what I think we should do next. It's only one ninety nine to rent on Amazon Prime at the moment. Okay. What's that? And it's Nicolas Cage. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage in a film that's based on an H.P. Lovecraft book. Oh, God, right. So, yeah, 100%. That, that could not be more meteorite After a meteorite lands on their farm, Nathan Gardner and his family must battle a mutant cosmic organism, transforming their quiet rural life into a technicolor nightmare. Basically, in the book, they discover a new color, and it drives them I mad. It's a color that drives them mad. You've talked about this before. I think we may, this might have been when we did... Um, Underwater, which would end up being a secret Lovecraft film. 
Yeah. Um, so I think okay. it's as it's at the moment, it's one ninety nine to rent. So well, what was um, interesting as well is that it seems there was there was a version of that movie made in twenty twelve called The Color Out of Space, based on H. P. Lovecraft's book. In 2012. In 2012, well, I just literally searched for "Color Out of Space" on Amazon, and there's one, and one that is on and available to watch on Prime without having to do any renting, is oh, cool. H.P. Lovecraft's "The Color Out of Space" 2012. Oh, so on this. Right, I'm gonna. There you go. Found yeah. our next grand rewatch, Dom. Yeah, we'll watch both versions of that then. There you go. Sick. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm down for that. Right. You can, cool. you can get. You can get anyway. into Lovecraft stuff. You love that shit. So yeah. I'll just... Yeah. Dude. Okay. Fucking, All right. That's, that's a good. Even that's though. Good shot, then. Yeah. We'll talk more about what HP Lovecraft was and who he was and that sort of stuff when we get into it. But um, okay. I think I'll there's just... definitely some grounds to talk about this guy because. All right. So uh, next, next big week. old racist, <laughs> but then moved into something new and really fascinating guy. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely get on to this. Okay. So um, tune in next week guys for Tom to rant and um, tell us it will be basically, if you ever listen to the to a podcast called do go on, um, it will be that Tom will be presenting a report on HP Lovecraft and everything about him. Uh, fine, and we might me. also talk about a Nicholas Cage film a little bit. Two <laughs> out of spaces. Oh, this is so good. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm really, really, I'm genuinely really, really excited about this. Excellent. Um, All right. I watch so many weird films now. I'm going to get Shudder as well. So um, be prepared, everyone. Here we go. Right. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> we're, we're taking this. <laughs> we're taking this podcast in a bold new direction. Yeah. Because they've stopped making all the big blockbuster comic book movies. So now we're just, we're doing weird shit. Let's get. Let's get That's weird. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I like. I like big, colourful superhero films, and I like really obscure, weird shit. Okay. Well, so that's fine for me. Due to the pandemic, we're going for that second one. There'll be a lot of that second one. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay. All right. Well, thanks but, yeah. for listening. I really like this film. Yeah. It's a uh, weird, weird, new, original, different, something like arty concept, high concept, low budget. Yeah. Any of that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. So... Like I, said, I, I completely agree with all of that you said I, like i say i love that how original it is i love like i think it's really well written and well directed there's nothing bad with the way it's made i just feel like it could have been it could have used the the, the yeah the format of cinema better yeah. um but yeah that's, that's, that's just me it's just me it's this weird little um thing but there you go uh but this, yeah, is, the first, this is the first time we've had a we've had a um we haven't just both loved something really or both or both yeah. hated it so that's quite interesting well, that's the thing it's, it's the first time we've significant had a completely polar disagreement on it. yeah true there you go which i think is good civil hmm. discord is what we need in this world no no, no you're you wrong know, everybody no you're wrong and I, I need to send death threats to the director because that's the only way you can function now remember fuck me no, that's how we, that, that's how we work now now i've got a boycott naughty dog don't ask me why good Stop! Don't, like we don't want you. We don't want you in this club. <laughs> you know, if you're going to be that guy, not not you, but specifically, but any of these other cunts that are out there doing that sort of shit. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, and on that. That's note, right. I said it. Fight me. <laughs> okay. On that note, on that challenge, yeah, has been thrown out there to the internet. We'll um, we'll leave you. So thanks for um, listening this this week, guys. You want my address? 
P Sherman 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Yeah. Come find me. <laughs> I'll fight any of you. Anyway. Um, yeah, and check out the Vast Night if that interests you at all. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. Given that we, we've got these different opinions on it, it'll be really interesting to see what other people think. Um, mm-hmm. So let us know. Um, you can contact us on all the usual places. Like we've got a Facebook page, we've got um, Instagram, we've got um, we're on Twitter, Twitter, we're on basically anywhere you can look. And we can also have an email address, which is theoncastpod at gmail.com. Um, so if you have yeah. any hot takes uh, on this or any other movies that you've been watching, let us know. Um, and we'll see you next week when we will be talking about H.P. Lovecraft and uh, Nicolas Cage yes. and all kinds of weird craziness. Yes. Tom's very excited. I'm nervous. We'll see what happens. Okay, okay thanks, guys. See you next see week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Scary Eddie and Radio. Is it? All right, we'll see. Is it a ghost? Is it something or is it drugs? It's the commies, mate. We all know it's the commies. This is where they come in as well, Southern Border. Yeah. Anyway.